Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Come on. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. to the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. Pastor Bob broadcasting live tonight from the studios of KDIX downtown Dickinson, North Dakota, as we do every Sunday night from 8.06 to 9.06 Mountain Time 
Uh, you could be listening to us on the mighty KDIX AM station here in Dickinson. You could be listening to us on KDIX.net, or you could be listening to us on KDI or on Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2, or you could be in the studio listening to me. We've got Abe in the studio running the controls. We've got Ben Yoder. Uh, we've got William Miller, and, uh, and we've got Cooper Simons listening here tonight in the studio. And so um, kind of a star, star cast. Turn me up just a little bit. Yeah, just there you go, just a little bit. Got some people texting in already. The, the winner of our first text of the night is Lori from Dickinson. She texted in. And then we have the Portales family listening in Breckenridge, Minnesota tonight. We've got we've got some people out in the woods in Beulah. Or it says woods in Beulah. What does that mean? Are they out in the woods? What's well, cold night to be out in the woods? And it is cold. It's like five below, but it feels cold. And then we got we got these uh, two young men that came in from Golva. With no coats, like I'm mean, like it's crazy, and you're not taking my coat, Bill. But he's got my coat behind him. I'm going to take that. We've got um, brought my guitar in the studio tonight. If I get somebody texting me, say sing us a song, Pastor Bob, I'll do it. But uh, no, no, it doesn't count. You guys in the studio can't text me. But uh, if nobody texts me, I just won't sing. We we've got just a, before I get into the broadcast tonight. This Sunday was our last Sunday. In our church at 105 7th Avenue West, yeah, and um, and then on Wednesday night we're going to have our very last service in the church at 105 7th Avenue West, and so if you want to be part of a historical event and be part of the very last Pentecostal church service at 105 7th Avenue West, we'd like to invite you Wednesday night, starting next Sunday, a week from today, we will be meeting in the Elks Building which is now the New Life Pentecostal Church building. We we have purchased the uh, top floor of the Elks, and it's about 18,000 square feet. And uh, we've got new carpet that's just about finished, a lot of new paint in there. And we've just done, we've, we've got a, a new baptistry in there, um, just, just really fixed up the building, um, just really, really fixed it up. We're going to have a, a dining room now that can hold, Many people versus what we had before. We are the first, the way we've got the church set up now, we'll be able to hold 300 people in the first part. And then once we open up the rest of it, we should be able to hold 450 or 500 people. And so we are awful excited. I, I Next Sunday at the former Elks building, well, we have church at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock Sunday school, Bible study, and 11 o'clock worship service. This Wednesday night, they'll remember, Church is still at 730, 105 7th Avenue West, um, and that'll be the very last church service that we will be um, we, we will be doing. Wow, I got all kinds of people saying, sing us a song. Cool. All right, I will. I'll do it. Sing you a song. The, uh, I, this was a song that uh, I wrote a while back, and um, I, I just um, haven't, I have not sung this song for a long time, but we'll, um, we'll give it a whirl here tonight. It's a funny thing What a little word can mean It's a funny thing What a little word can mean When God wrote His book Such great care He took 
not to miss any little word. I can show you what I mean in John 3.16. There's a little word that means so much to me. Word is so God so God so God so Because it would his love show A love that he had for you and me You see, God had a plan Come in the form of a man To die so we could be free Yes, he suffered and he died On the cross, crucified gave his life on Calvary. He loved me so. He loved you so. God so. he gave God so loved the world that he gave God so loved the world that he gave God so loved the world that he gave. It's a funny thing what a little word can mean. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I believe that. I believe that without that, we couldn't be saved. I believe that it's we uh, couldn't be good enough, we couldn't be righteous enough to be saved without the sacrifice of Calvary. And I want to temper what I'm going to say tonight by that statement because I today I taught this once in Sunday school in our adult class. I think I had somebody get mad at me, and um, and then I taught it up at the jail and somebody got mad at me. And so I'll see if I can get anybody mad at me tonight. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. This is the Tell It Like It Is show. We've, um, we've got uh, 
guitar in the studio. I might do some singing later. The uh, Just a lot of people texting tonight. Hey, we've got some Hostetlers in Pennsylvania listening tonight. I am going to come and see you in a, in a few weeks. And so um, the, um, oh, man, people requesting different songs. I might do that. Tonight I want to turn your attention to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And so not everybody that cries out Jesus, not everybody that says the sinner's prayer, not everybody that goes to church, not everybody that sings Christian songs is going to go to heaven, but those that do the will of the Father, which is in heaven. How many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity, work iniquity, or, or do sin, or do evil. We... Um, tonight I'm just going to do a, a program. There are many people that will agree with this. won't be very profound to you. Uh, but there will be people possibly that get very upset with me tonight. And like I said, it's already happened twice today now. And um, and I, I might be misunderstood here tonight, which is very possible, even though I'm going to try to be very careful that I'm not misunderstood. There's a simplicity in the Scripture, Second uh, Corinthians 11.3. Paul said, I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And there is a simplicity in Christ, there's a simplicity in the Bible, but I do believe that there are people that are very confused about this subject because you have to do righteousness to go to heaven. You've got to live right to go to heaven. Now, just by being righteous doesn't mean you're going to go to heaven because without Jesus' sacrifice, we wouldn't make it. But this scripture in Matthew seven twenty one says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And so Jesus said in John 14, If you love me, keep my commandments. And um, this is... Uh, this and if you the the only reason you won't go to heaven is if you don't love Jesus and if you love Jesus you will keep his commandments you will live a righteous life and i believe he's given us his spirit so that we can do this at times in these last just about 40 years that i've been living for the lord when i have uh, stumbled when i have been tempted when i have sinned it's not jesus's fault it's because I had wandered away from uh, the close relationship that I had with him. And that's true. You can live successfully for God. You really can. You know, um, there is, um, we're, we're living in a world that is very, very religious and very, very, um, many people are very, very religious. And many, and many people are religious whether it comes to their traditions in religion or they're religious that they talk about Jesus but you have to live right too. You know there there is a um, there are people that that go to church every Sunday that may be um, living with their girlfriend who they're not married to, and they go to church every Sunday. There are people that go to church every Sunday, and they're living a homosexual lifestyle. There are people that go to church 
uh, every Sunday there are people that uh, that are um, that lie and cheat and steal, and they think that they're okay with God because they go to church on Sunday. There are other people that maybe don't go to church every Sunday, but they have said a prayer when they were twelve years old, a sinner's prayer, and because they've said that prayer, they think no matter what they do now, they um, they cannot be lost. Now, you know, I'm not, I, I want to just make some disclaimers here. I'm not coming across claiming that I'm perfect or everybody in our church is perfect. I'm not claiming that. And if that's what you get out of this, you're really, really missing the point. I think that's why one of the people got so mad at me today um, that did get mad at me because they they just took it wrong. They just they just took it really, really wrong. But I I have no intention of being the pastor of a bunch of religious, uh, kooky people that talk about Jesus, and in the next breath, <coughs> they're thinking, or their next thought, they're thinking about committing adultery. Like, I have no um, intention. I, I don't care if we have a giant, um, a giant congregation, and our church is growing, and I'm excited about it. But I, to me, just because, you know, I would rather offend people and even lose people as a pastor, which I don't really want to do, and I, I'm not bragging about this, but I would rather do that than to pastor people that have the wrong idea about Christianity. And my hope is preaching and teaching like this will help people that are religious kooks to kind of see the error of their ways. I I know that, uh, and I use the word religious kooks um, kind of loosely, and, and even the word kook is kind of an old word, that, but it means a person that... Like a religious kook to me is a person that either acts religious by going to church and doesn't live right or talks religious but doesn't live right. Either way, the, the um, you know, we are – and then, then we have different uh, – maybe different levels of religious kooks. Like, like, for instance, there are people – maybe there's somebody listening to me right now driving home from the grocery store here in Dickinson and, and you uh, – you could you consider yourself a Christian, but you watch television and Hollywood movies that should really, really offend you if you love Jesus. But for some reason, they don't. You know, um, there there is, um, you know, uh, Jesus. Jesus one time rebuked a woman who cried out she this woman cried out in Luke 11:27 blessed is the womb that bare thee and the breast that gave thee suck and Jesus said back to her yea rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it this this um, radio program tonight is about that we're 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 talking about hearing the word of God and keeping it we're talking about not missing the point you know, like if your your version of Christianity uh, can't keep you moral, and if your version of Christianity can't keep you away from drugs and alcohol, and if your version of Christianity can't keep you away from lying, cursing, stealing, you know, what good is it? Like, what what good is it? The first song I sang was really nice. Now, how about this one? In these last days... That we're living in 
Many people have been blessed by the gift of God's Holy Spirit. But you know they don't like holiness. They want to keep their long hair and their beer, their mini skirts and their TVs too. But it takes a lot more than just talking in tongues to do what God wants you to do. Got to be in the ship with the master sailor if you want to make it through life's storm, you see. There's no room for middle-of-the-road Christianity. Got to be in the ship or out. There's no room to leave for doubt. Just say, now if I do this, will Jesus smile on me? Some people, they get the Holy Ghost. They think that is enough. They want no part of that one God stuff. Well, they'll baptize you in the titles. And they'll tell you you're all set. But if you don't go down in Jesus' name, friend, you're just getting wet. Got to be in the ship with the master sailor if you want to make it through life's stormy sea. There's no room for middle-of-the-road Christianity. Got to be in the ship or out. There's no room to leave for doubt. Just say now, if I do this... Jesus smile on me Well there's no room to compromise With Satan and his lies This world can't satisfy you anymore Don't need its amusements, styles or dress To bring you happiness Come out from among them be ye separate, saith the Lord. Got to be in the ship with the master sailor if you want to make it through life's stormy sea. There's no room for middle of the road Christianity. Got to be in the ship or out. There's no room to leave for doubt. Just say now, if I do this, Jesus, smile on me. Just say now, if I do this, Jesus, smile on me. This is the Tell Like It Is Radio Show. I'm going to read my text. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. Get on the bus. 
and make a new start. Leave your sins in the water, get a brand new heart. Come on board, we're going to the glory land. Speaking of buses, we've got a church van. If you need a ride to church, you can call us at, uh, you can call that number I've been giving out, 701-290-7862. Thank you for all the texts and emails. Uh, good to have Stormy, our friend from the Philippines, listening tonight. Good to have the Paulsons and the Millers in the West Fargo area and Moorhead. And um, let's see. I guess I should have wrote them all down here, but just all the people that texted tonight, thank you for listening. We are uh, talking tonight about we've got to do what Jesus said. We've got to we've got to we've got to do the will of the Father. Yes, we're saved by grace, not through works, but we are created for good works after we are saved. And so, without good works, uh, there's no proof of your salvation. Uh, there is, uh, and I do believe that we can successfully live for God. Um, there is, um, you know, there are so many misconceptions, misideas, people thinking they're doing the will of God when they're not. I remember one time visiting somebody at the uh, hospital. He was in the psych ward. His parents had asked me to come and see him there. These were not people that went to our church. And we were. T- I was talking to this very confused young man. He was probably 16 or 17 at the psych ward, and he he told me, Pastor Bob, God told me to hit my dad. And I looked at him, and I tried to look as spiritual as I've ever looked in my life, and I pointed my finger at him, and I said, God did not tell you to hit your dad. And he looked at me like, do you know that for sure? I said, yep, I know that for sure. He goes, how, how did you know? Did God speak to you? And I'm like, no, because the word of God, you can't hit your dad. You know that I mean it's you know you can't strike your father, but you see I use that as an example because because this is how simple the Bible is. We we know what we do. We know what pleases God. We know what displeases God, 
and the religious games that people play, uh, they don't make any any sense to God. One of the guys that our county jail service brought up to the fact that from the very beginning when man has sinned, he's been using excuses. You know, um, Eve blamed the serpent. Adam blamed God. You know, he blamed the woman and God. He said, the woman that you gave me, he said to God. He blamed God. And so and so, rather than just a good apology to God, everybody's blaming everybody. That's what's happening today. And what's going to happen is I go through some lists of sins that the in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 that the Apostle Paul said the people that do these things are not going to heaven. What's going to happen, there are going to be people that are listening out there that are going to come up with excuses why this list does not apply to them or, even worse yet, get mad at the person that's telling you the list. And I'm prefacing this list by saying that I didn't write this stuff and... Um, I didn't make, you know, I, I mean, I didn't, this isn't like the, the, uh, the RES version of the Bible or Robert Everett Simon's version of the Bible. This is like the King James version of the Bible. It's not, I didn't make this version up. I didn't find a version that makes it sound like I want it to say, but there is a, there is a movement amongst Christianity that has tried to take the preaching against sin and the preaching for righteousness out of the preaching. Um, I don't know, but many of these mega churches, these giant churches, they basically are a, a pep talk. Many of them, they they tell you, um, you know that you know it's kind of a positive mental attitude thing, and I think it's good to have a positive mental attitude. But somewhere, somebody's not doing their job if we don't tell people what things displease God. And what things could cause you to be lost? In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9, the Apostle Paul, in, in verse 10, he said, um, he, he said that, that, um, that there were, that none of this group of people that he's talking about in verses 9 and 10 shall inherit the kingdom of God. This is important. Like he's going to give us a list of things, and the people that do are doing these things are not going to go to heaven. Okay, and let me just say this: in verse eleven, Paul said, "And such were some of you." And so the people he was writing to, some of these people used to be and used to do some of these very things on this list, but they didn't do it anymore because he said, "You you were washed." And, and you are sanctified and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that, that has to do with baptism, being born of the water. And he said, and by the Spirit of our God. And that's, that has to do with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so this list that Paul's giving, he said, the people that, let me start out in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 6. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not, shall not, shall not, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The unrighteous are not going to heaven. Now, here again, you can't get to God by yourself, your own righteousness. I know that. And I'll probably get texts, you know, of people that think I don't know that. But, but the, um, there, there, there's this, um, so far not. The, um, hmm. Yeah, the, uh, anyway, cool. The, uh, I'll, I'll read that later. I shouldn't be reading it while I'm trying to talk here. But Paul said in this list that he's going to tell us, he says the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, and then he breaks it down and tells us what he's talking about, what unrighteous means. 
uh, the first thing he said he was he said be not deceived and and there are religious deception out there saying that it that this isn't true but he said neither fornicators now fornication is a is a um, term that covers all kinds of sexual sins uh, fornicators talk about two mar- unmarried people that are having sexual relations together a fornicator uh, can talk about pornography. It can, it it covers a lot of things. So sexual sin. Now God's the guy that invented sex, right? And He invented it for marriage, and it's not dirty, it's not wrong, but He wants it to be in marriage. He wants you to be with your your uh, your your spouse, if your husband and wife. He wants you to be in marriage in a in a committed relationship. In, in marriage. That's what that's what God's intention for sex was. That's what it was at the very beginning. One man, one woman at the very beginning. Jesus said, uh, if some of you think that Jesus didn't preach about homosexuality, uh, he did. He said because at the beginning, Jesus said marriage was between one man and one woman. And so Jesus, Paul said, don't be deceived. Fornicators aren't going to heaven. Or idolaters. Now, we have a different form of idolatry in the United States. Maybe you're listening to me outside of the United States where they still worship statues and use statues in their worship. Hopefully nobody does that around here. But I think I've even heard some people use religious symbols and crosses and statues and pray and kneel down to statues in Dickinson, North Dakota. It's hard to believe when the Bible so clearly says not to do that, Old and New Testament both. And so idolaters, but idolatry can be even more than worshiping statues. It can be worshiping people. It can be, um, what is there, a program called American Idol? Is that still like a program? I haven't seen it. But but um, uh, like we, we make idols out of musicians. We make idols out of actors and actresses um, and so on. So he said idolaters are not going to heaven, nor adulterers. Now adultery is a... A specific form of fornication that happens between married people. Adulterers are. You know, let me ask you this. If God is against adultery and he hates it, which he does, why would we want to watch it on TV? Like, I heard a title of a show a long time ago called Desperate Housewives. Never saw the show, don't know anything about the show, but the title. Sounds to me like it's about adultery. That's what it sounds like. I mean, what are they, desperate to have a pickle or a hamburger or something? I mean, you know, it's adultery. That's what that show's got to be about. And and see, you see what I'm saying? Like, this, you know, the things that God hates, we should hate. Not people. Of course not. God doesn't hate people. Neither do we. Now, this list goes on to say, nor effeminate. And that that word is an old English word that denotes the crossing of sexes, like men dressing, acting like women. And, of course, in the Old Testament we read that women should not dress like men. And so the, the, um, it says, nor effeminate. And then it says, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. So this is talking about homosexuality. Paul is saying in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 that none of these people that are practicing things are going to go to heaven, that are practicing any of these things. 
Some of you people, you rednecks here in Dickinson, you think you, you talk about you know you, that you don't like homosexuals, but if you're committing adultery, you're no better than they are. You're no different than they are in God's eyes. It's the same thing. It's sin. It's people that do these things are not going to heaven. That's what Paul said. I got to keep saying that because otherwise people are going to get really mad at me. They're going to get really upset. Pastor Bob said I'm not going to heaven. Who does he think he is? Pastor Bob did not say you're not going to heaven. The apostle Paul said it. I didn't say it. You know, I'm 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 telling you I didn't make this stuff up. This you can look it up. If you don't own a Bible, get online. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. Read it in a newer newer version. It's it'll even read plainer than this. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. <coughs> Neither practice people that practice any type of sexual sin, or idolatry, or adultery, or effeminate, or homosexuality, nor thieves. You know, you're driving home from Walmart. You just pocketed some stuff. You're shoplifter. If you're practicing that, you're not going to heaven. Doesn't matter if you said the sinner's prayer. Doesn't matter if you said the Hail Mary. Doesn't matter that if you, you said the Our Father 50 times. It doesn't make any difference. If you're stealing from Walmart, you're not going to heaven. That's what the Apostle Paul said. They didn't have Walmart back then, but it says thieves. That's what it says, nor thieves. This is verse 10 of six, 1 Corinthians 6. Nor covetous. Whoa, boy, that's a tough one. Covetous. We're living in a a world of coveting and wanting things that we can't afford or don't need. It says, nor drunkards. So you don't just have a drinking problem. You've got a problem that if if you don't get this thing under the blood and taken care of, that you're going to go to hell over. Paul said drunkards are not going to heaven. This isn't just talking about addiction and losing your family or your job or your health. This is talking about something that will cause you to be lost. Let me tell you this. When we understand that God is against drinking and against uh, drugs, it's a lot easier to quit. God's against it. He's against it. And the reason he's against it uh, is because he doesn't want people to be lost. And these things cause us to be lost. Nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And one other list that Paul gives in Ephesians, he said, and such like. So he, if we, he missed any, he can add those in. So, And then Paul said, and such were some of you. You know, this. see, this is where somebody got mad at me today. Because they interrupted my preaching and said, so you just said I'm going to hell because I made one mistake. Well, first of all, I had no idea he made one mistake. I didn't even know. I didn't even know what he was talking about. And I said, no, you better just listen to me and let me finish. And he did. And uh, and he and I got to visit after the service up at the jail. And uh, I could just tell he was a very, very frustrated person. But... The, the truth is, the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson is made up of people that grew up and lived for God since they were little. And it's also made up of people that did not live for God and, 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 and sinned 
and and we're doing all kinds of things. There are people that attend our church that used to be homosexuals. There are people that attend our church that used to be adulterers, fornicators, thieves. Uh, there there are people that uh, attend our church that used to be um, drunkards and 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 drug addicts and and uh, all of this list. You can find people that used to live this way at the New Life Pentecostal Church. Every single one on this list. Every one. And such were some of them. Why? Because God can work and change the inside of us. You know, he um, doesn't look like we're going to play much more music here. This time is really going by tonight. You know, this this um, we need to let God make some changes in our life. Now, in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 9 through 11, we see that there are things that would cause us to go to hell. People that do these things are going to hell. So how do we stop doing these things? Well, the way we stop doing these things is through the new birth experience. The, the new birth experience is um, the, the, uh, the apostle Peter talked about it in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Peter said unto them, Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Jesus talked about it in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, that he said you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit to enter into the kingdom of God. Paul talked about the gospel. In fact, he said in Galatians 1 and 8, he said, Though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Paul was saying this, that the gospel message that the apostles preached, not the one that the creed started 300 years later, not the one that a council started 500 years later, but the doctrine, the teaching of the apostles, he said, that's the teaching, that's the doctrine. And even if an angel comes back and says, do it a different way, he said, that angel should be cursed. You see, this gospel message cannot be changed. We cannot make this thing up on the fly. We can't, you know, uh, we can't uh, change the word of God. You know, the, the word of God is so plain. It is so plain. You know, I, I'm amazed. I'm totally amazed that there are churches in Dickinson, North Dakota, that because public opinion has said that homosexuality is okay now, that these churches say God say it's okay now. God never changed his mind about it. Now, if you're a homosexual listening tonight, I, I love you. I want you to be in our church. I want you to come. You'll be treated with respect. Uh, nobody, in fact, if anybody makes fun of you, they're in trouble with their pastor. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I look at it as just like any other sin out there. You know, like I say, you you uh, you rednecks getting drunk down at the Esquire tonight, and you think that you're better than these homo, homosexuals out there. When the Bible said that drunkards are not going to go to heaven either. But but I'm even though I just said that, I'm going to tell you this. That it's not right, and it's not what God wants us for us. And not only that, if we keep practicing it without repenting, we're not going to go to heaven. I'll tell you what needs to happen, is there needs to be a real change on the inside. There needs to be a real change on the inside. What if you begin to hate the things that you once loved. 
I mean, what if, what if, for instance, um, people possibly listening to me tonight that love getting high. Uh, you know, I've had over the years, I've had people at the jail say things to me like, Pastor Bob, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I can't wait to get out of jail because I'm, I, I want to go get high. And I mean, that's, that's honest. Just remember this, just because you're honest doesn't mean you're going to get saved either, but being honest is the first step to being saved. But, you know, so, so there are people right now, maybe there's somebody listening to me that's in AA, NA, and you are trying so hard to be sober. And I mean, it's just like every day, it's one day at a time. And man, you just, every day you're fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. Because you want to get drunk, you want to get high, but you know it's killing you. And you know your wife said, if you do it again, I'm leaving, I'm, I'm taking the kids. And you love your wife, you love your kids. My question to you, what if you started hating getting high? What if you started hating getting drunk? What if you hated the idea of stepping out on your wife instead of thinking about it? What if you hated the the uh, the homosexual sin that has possibly uh, enslaved you since you were just 14 years old. What if you changed your mind about sin? See, that's the difference between what we're talking about and just trying to reform. The Bible talks about being born again spiritually. You know... Um, when I was, I was a pretty clean living kid. My dad had been a bad drinker. I had made up my mind at a young age I was never going to drink. I was never going to smoke. I was never going to take drugs. I lived that way until I was about 16. And when I was 16, I, you know, I mean, I'm not blaming anybody, but at 16, I, I was part of a wrestling team and, uh, I looked up very highly to some of the seniors. I was a junior. In high school, and um, and I was pressured, and I started drinking, and I told myself I may drink, but I'll never, you know, smoke pot. The next thing I was smoking pot. I told myself I'll smoke pot, but I'll never take other drugs. The next thing I was taking other drugs, and from the age of sixteen until the age of twenty, um, I was, I went very, very rapidly into a, a very addicted lifestyle. To the point where I couldn't go one day without getting high on some type of drug or drinking. I mean, I, I, I couldn't. I, I, I was lying to my parents. I was lying to my girlfriend. I was lying, of course, to everybody, to my coaches. I mean, everybody. Not just looking them in the face and lying, but just living a life that was lying. And I, I was living this way, and I dreamt I lived for... My next high, whether it was drinking, whether it was drugs. That's what I wanted. That's what I loved. That's what I desired. When I gave my life to Jesus, I didn't want to use anymore. Didn't want to get high anymore. Didn't want to feel the buzz anymore. You, you see the difference between that and a treatment program where you're fighting constantly not to use? The difference is is that there's a change on the inside. And the righteousness of God begins to work in our life. The reason it does 
is because we start thinking like God thinks. Now, we're not God and we're not perfect. Yes, Pastor Bob's been tempted uh, and so on. But even when I'm tempted, folks, all that does is show that I'm not as close to God as I need to be. That's all it is. Because I promise you, when I first came to God, I had no desire to go back to it. That's why just about 40 years later, it'll be 40 years later coming up this fall that I quit using, that I've never relapsed. I've never went back. And I and I know it sounds like I'm bragging, and I know it sounds like you know I'm beating some of you guys up that have been battling this, but I'm just saying that there's a difference in what happened to me and what happens to a person that's in a self-help program. Because in the self-help program, nothing changes except you know it's killing you. Nothing changes. You, you still want to use. You still want to get high. In fact, you would if you wouldn't get caught. But what if God changed you? <coughs> like <coughs> sexual perversion, pornography. What if looking at that stuff made you mad instead of excited? You see what I'm talking about? What what if you got mad at yourself when you thought of a woman in the wrong way versus harboring those think those thoughts? What if you looked at every woman that you weren't married to like your little sister or your or your mom looked at her like that instead? You see, God can put that spirit in us. You know, this This is why Paul said, and such were some of you. These people weren't doing this stuff anymore. There is victory in the Lord. There's victory in Jesus. You can have victory. And and all the excuses that maybe you're are entering your mind right now, uh, you've got all your excuses, you've got all your, uh, your uh, reasons why you can't do it and how Pastor Bob doesn't, um, understand, you know, Pastor Bob doesn't understand what I'm going through. Pastor Bob, yeah, you quit using drugs when you were 20, but I'm in, I'm 40 and you, you don't understand what addiction's all about. Well, it doesn't make any difference whether I understand your situation or not, but I'll tell you this, God can cause you to hate the things that you once loved and God could cause you to love the things that you once hated. There is, um, um, uh, I I, ne- I never liked going to church. My mom's probably listening. She probably knows that. I didn't. My mom wished we'd have gone to church more. She really did, but but we didn't go very much or very often. I didn't like going. I was bored out of my mind. I I um uh, uh, then when I started dating this Catholic girl that I'm married to now, I went to church with her and I couldn't figure out what they were doing. Like I had no idea what they were doing. Uh, I kept asking her, "What are they doing now?" And she'd be like, "I don't know." You know, because she didn't even know what they were doing. You know, because there was it's, it was a traditional thing. You know, people just kind of did. You know, they knelt at certain times, they stood up at certain times, they said certain things, they repeated certain things. I didn't. I mean, I wasn't. It, after I married her, I had to go to church with her, I suppose, to get her her dad to like me. But but after we were married, I wasn't ever planning on going back to church ever anywhere. Much to her sadness, and so I had this spiritual awakening in my life, and now. My favorite thing to do is go to church. The things that I once hated, now I love because God changed the inside. See, I'm not bragging that Pastor Bob is so righteous. I'm bragging on God. That's what I'm doing. 
I, I'm, I'm bragging on God. I'm bragging that he changed me. He put his way of thinking in me in many ways. That's the difference. Well, Abe's gonna, um, Abe's going to give out some information on how to get a hold of us during the week. And, uh, and then I might try to sing one more song. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. And if you'd like to get a hold of us here in the studio, you can text Pastor Bob Simons, 701-290-7862. Or you can email him. His email is robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Um, Sunday morning we have Sunday school at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday nights or uh, Sunday we have worship service at 11 a.m. And Wednesday nights we have a service at 7.30 in, here in Dickinson. And then Beach on Tuesday night, there's a service at the Beach Community Center. And that's at 7.30 as well. And I want to just uh, come in on the tail of, of what Abe was saying here, just to make sure the information is done right, that we um, our next service, our last service in at 105 7th Avenue West that that we have been holding church in now for the last 20, 24, 25, 26 years maybe. Uh, we bought that building from the Nazarene Church, and uh, been, it has served us well. I mean, we've used it. It's a great building. In fact, that building will be coming up for sale. As soon as we move out of it, we're going to sell it, and probably another church will buy it. But... Uh, that Wednesday night will be our last service, and then in that building, Sunday morning at 10 o'clock will be our very first service at the, um, at the uh, what used to be the Elks Building, the upstairs portion of the Elks Building, 501 Elks Drive. We're going to have to start getting used to saying that. I don't know if my um, pastor's wife, Sister Walters, is listening tonight, but I would love for her to be here. I don't know if her son-in-law or daughter is listening tonight. Um, Mark and Patty, if you're listening and, and, and your pastor lets you do it, uh, bring bring Sister Walters. I wished I wished my pastor was still alive, David Walters, because I I know that he'd be excited. He drove through Dickinson many many years ago working. I mean many years ago when he first moved into the state. You know, it must have been forty years ago uh, or more, fifty years ago, and he prayed, God, let me start a church in Dickinson, and he said. Uh, he he told me that later he said, well, I didn't get to do that, but I kind of did get to do it through you. A huge influence on my life, Pastor Walters, and um, which I really, really appreciate. The um, Thank you so much for all the texting and the nice things that were said. Um, some of you, I have no idea who you are that are texting me, but uh, thank you so much. Um, nobody's mad at me good, or at least nobody that's texted me is mad at me. You know... Please understand that I'm talking about not something Pastor Bob made up, uh, but I'm talking about the Word of God. Jesus said that that uh, there's going to be people crying, Lord, Lord, that aren't going to go to heaven. He said because they're not living right. That's what he said. They're not doing what's right. They're not doing the will of the Father. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He, he also said that he that doesn't love me won't keep my commandments. I mean, if you read it, you can read that in there in John 14. Um, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Oh, Pastor Bob, you think you and your church are so righteous. No, folks, that's not right. But we want to be. There's a desire in us to 
to do what's right. Isn't there a desire in you to do what's right? You know, you're, you're, uh, you're living in sin right now. Figure out a way to get out of it. I mean, isn't there something inside of you that, that wants to, to change? You know, um, don't, don't wait. Don't wait until it's too late. You know, I've got a, a friend of mine, good friend of mine that listens from the Philippines and he texted or emailed me just now and he said, I hate drugs. But you know why my friend hates drugs so bad? Because drugs have ruined much of his life, his health, taken precious things away from him. And um, they really have. And so don't don't wait. If you hear my voice today, don't wait until tomorrow. You know, um, one of the most interesting scriptures in the whole Bible is, is uh, Moses cursed the Egyptians with frogs as one of the plagues. You remember that? He, Moses came to Pharaoh... And Pharaoh said, Moses, he said, you've got to get rid of the frogs. There were frogs in the in the beds. There were frogs in the bread. There was frogs in their shoes. There were frogs in their socks and underwear drawer. There was frogs everywhere. Frogs, I mean frogs, frogs, frogs. Pharaoh says, Moses, get rid of these frogs. Moses said, when do you want me to get rid of the frogs? And Pharaoh said, tomorrow. That's weird. I'd be like, now, you know. In other words, don't wait until you're 21. Don't wait until you're 41. Don't wait until you're married. Live for God now. Give me more darkness, said the blind man. Give me more folly, said the fool. Give me stone silence, said the deaf man. I didn't believe Sunday school. Take it away, said the hungry man. Although I'm starving, I'll get by. Take it away, said the thirsty man. I'll find a drink before I die. I've got plenty of time to think of heaven. But right now there's too much on my mind. Just one more day, I'm gonna live this way To me, tomorrow is fine Got plenty of time to think of heaven But right now there's too much on my mind And Just one more day, I'm gonna live this way To me, tomorrow is fine Leave me alone, said the lonely man Don't wanna let go of this Leave me to Rome, said the wanderer It's only my life that I'm stealing I've got plenty of time to think of heaven But right now there's too much on my mind Just one more day, I'm gonna live this way To me, tomorrow is fine Give me more darkness, said the blind man Give me more folly, said the fool. Give me stone silence, said the deaf man. I did not believe Sunday school. Give me more darkness, said the blind man. Give me more folly, said the fool. Give me stone silence, said the deaf man. I did not believe Sunday school. I did not believe Sunday school.
Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this broadcast, I ask you to help us, God. Help us to to realize that you do love us, God, and you warn us, God, and that this sin problem is going to take us and we'll be lost. God, I, I pray that you help us, God. Help us do that change, Lord, that your word talks about. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. All things have become new. God, and I pray, Lord, that you would there would be more and more testimonies of people that have had that new birth. In Jesus' name. That number that I've been giving out all night, 701-290-7862, that is my cell number. And you can call me or text me as long as you say nice things to me. Don't say anything bad to me. Um, but anyway, Lord willing, next Sunday night we'll be back for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. And I'll tell you how our first service in that new building went if you weren't able to come. Good night. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.